What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner. First off, if you like this content that is coming your way, hit that subscribe button, folks. Hit that bell. Get all my notifications for the videos. And if you're, you know, just hearing this on any uh, podcast streaming platform, whether it is Spotify, you know, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play, like, comment, subscribe, and share means a ton. Helps me grow the channel a lot as well. But, folks, today we're going to talk about a quick recap of the win that Texas just got at Alabama. Texas at Alabama game recap. Texas takes that thing in Tuscaloosa, giving Nick Saban his uh, first uh, double-digit loss at home. Uh, well, not Nick Saban, but just Alabama, their first double-digit loss at home since 2004 against South Carolina. Folks, this was this was an amazing game. I was there. The atmosphere was outstanding there at uh, you know Tuscaloosa. Um, I wouldn't say most, but you know, fans were half and half. Some of the Alabama fans were a little bit, you know, testy with the horns down in your face, twenty four seven. Now, you know, I don't mind. I don't give a damn. But don't just come in my face and try to do it. That's the, that's some stupid stuff. But the majority of them, folks, were good fans. Man, we had some good times, ate some good food, had some good conversation in the stadium during the game. Um, just just really enjoyed the stadium. Uh, you know, great music, uh, great lights and you know all that good stuff man i liked their stadium i like the feel i like the vibe um i think uh you know so coach sark said it best that there's such a big mystique in that stadium when you go and play there and i can understand it because when you're sitting in the stands and and once they bring out the team uh you know they they play a huge video you know like once texas came on the field and it's a video showing all their wins and some of their you know, recent wins and some of the recent players that have done, you know, like great things and had big hits and things like that. So it kind of plays into your psyche if you're not mentally ready. Um, and so they do that during the Texas warm-up. Texas goes back from the warm-up back to the back. Uh, Alabama comes out, does does their warm-up, then the game's about to start. Both teams go back. Uh, Bama brings their band out. Texas comes out first, and then it's almost like a fighter at a fight, right? Where let's say like if Floyd fought um, anybody, right? The first person would come out, and Floyd would make them wait, and they have have a video showing all the Floyd's knockouts and everything, and um, you know Floyd's uh, wins and stuff like that. It was the same thing, you know, at the Alabama game where. You know, Alabama had Texas come out. Alabama's band was still out on the field. And they showed this video of just violent hits and everything. And if you're not mentally ready, it can really get into your psyche. Alabama comes out. Crowd goes crazy, of course. They're kind of used to the whole atmosphere. And I tell you what, it was a great experience, a great atmosphere. Saw some, saw some friends there. Shout out to, uh, you know, Texas Fancy Boots, Rocky, um, Karen, uh, Mike Murphy from Last Stand Hats, uh, you know, Talk to Dr. Finkley and her husband as well. Uh, you know, so both both Dr. Finkley's, um, which is Justice Finkley's parents, folks. Um, who else was there? Steve uh, Connor, which is Hayden Connor's dad. Uh, his mother, his grandparents were there as well. We had a really good time, you know, just kind of, you know, tailgating it out. Um, who else? There? Vernon Broughton's mom. I think Jalen Ford's mom was there. But we had a really good time. Just uh, meeting and greeting, getting ready for the game, watching other games too, watching Colorado, you know, win their game, listen to A&M, get beat, which is a plus as well. Uh, but, yeah, just an awesome time, awesome experience, great stadium. But, folks, 
You guys can come to hear about the great stadium. You guys came to hear about the stats, man. But first, let's let's go ahead and talk about what I thought were some great keys to success that Texas had. And if you go back and look at some of my old videos, basically giving a preview of this game, I said whichever defensive line is going to impose their will on the opponent's offensive line the most, because I thought that the Texas interior offensive line uh, was weaker than the Alabama interior defensive line and vice versa, too. I thought the Alabama interior, you know, offensive line was weaker than the Texas interior defensive line. And so I said, whichever interior defensive line or defensive line as a whole uh, comes out and dominates and puts their puts their foot in the throat of, of the opposing team's offensive line. That's the team that is going to win the game. That was my pregame analysis because I thought that it was a wash between the wide receivers and the DBs, you know, for Texas and also Bama, both sides of the ball. I thought when it came to the running backs, it's a wash. Also, Bama might have more star power, meaning more of those recruits that were heavily recruited. Uh, but I like Texas's room. Um, I like Texas's wide receivers better than I like Bama's wide receivers. But the matchup between Bama's uh, DBs and the Texas wide receivers, I really wanted to see that. Texas dominate that, by the way. Uh, I wanted to see the Bama wide receivers. So I don't think Bama has any wide receiver in their class right now. Um, that That is, uh, you know, a first-round pick or a second-round pick at that. And so in seeing that, I was like, let me see how the Texas DBs match up because I love our defensive back room. They matched up pretty well. We got beat on a couple deep plays. You know, that's something that, of course, has to get cleaned up here for the next game. And I'm pretty sure Coach Sark and, you know, Coach Joseph and Gideon are going to get that corrected. However, um, it's easier to teach those things in a win. And, and, you know, and Texas got that dub. Uh, but one thing that I was very, very impressed with, let's get back to those trenches. The Texas defensive line was, was, was truly amazing, truly outstanding. Play after play, we saw Byron Murphy pop off. I mean, he was in the backfield 24-7. This is the second game in a row that we've seen Vernon Broughton just become his own man. He, he is his own man. Now, you can tell that he's matured into the system matured into the game he is a force vernon broughton is a force i am so confident that when we have sweat out there who's who was commanding double teams all night um we had vernon broughton who was coming there he was getting he was getting into the backfield whenever he wanted to byron murphy missed out on the sack but he was in the backfield 24 7 i'm telling you man this defensive line was truly outstanding baron sorrell man had a quiet night i'm gonna say quiet in quotations because his game was not quiet he set the edge a lot especially in that second half um ethan burke one and a half sacks this game and i, and I think he missed a sack too but Jalen miro's a different cat you know Jalen miro is strong enough to where you're gonna miss a, a tackle every now and then he is that good right milro was that good um as far as a runner we'll get to the passing here in a minute but at the game in the stadium, I sat around some fans and uh, I was telling them, I said, look, I like Texas chances. They gave me hell. They gave me hell for it. I said, I like Miller as a runner, very special with his legs, force him to his left um, and make him pass. He could get got. And he got got. And I'm going to be honest with you. One of them wasn't even a force to his left. I mean, the one that Jaron Thompson intercepted, it was – Milrose first read, he he throws the ball and it's a straight pick. I mean, it's just easy. He's sitting there. It's probably the easiest pick 
that Thompson's ever going to get in college football. Um, you know, earlier in the game, Barron had a pick two as well. I'm, man, look, a great defensive effort across the board. One other person that I want to talk about is Benda. Benda, man, look, that that one play, he rushed up the middle, Powell drive the damn running back, hurry up and got crawled up, gets the sack against uh, Milro, outstanding. But I think the guy that everybody is really excited about on this defense and just seeing uh, what can be in the next two to three years, depending on how long this young man decides to stay here at the University of Texas, that's Anthony Hill. My God, my God, we saw that man. That's a grown man at 18 years old. He spied Jalen Miro outstandingly. I mean, perfectly. Sacks. Yeah, I think he had a couple sacks. It was tackles for loss. Containing Miro. The speed is different. He's different. There are plenty of times Texas matched him up as a premier rusher on the edge. He was one-on-one with Caden Proctor who is the number one tackle in the country this this uh, season as a prospect. 6'5", 6'6", whatever he is, 360, 365. Anthony Hill comes around that corner with that speed. I mean, just Proctor's holding on for dear life. Anthony Hill gets the sack. Outstanding player, man. I'm excited about the future for Texas football. Texas got over the hump, folks. I'm not saying – I'm not going to say Texas is back. I'm not going to do that to us right now. Texas got over the hump. We really got over the hump. There were times when that game was close. You know, I had my wife with me. She's an Alabama fan. And, uh, you know, she's in the stadium. And we're a house divided in the stadium. And uh, I kept telling her and the Bama fans around me, I said, this game ain't over. Alabama's played one of the most piss poor offensive that I've seen Alabama play in a long time. Um they didn't put the best quality offense on the field. And, and partly is that is, is because the Texas defense is really that good, folks. We're a really good defense. And if you guys can hear my throat, I'm telling you, man, my voice is in and out today. So bear with me. But that offense from Alabama had turnovers, could not get the ball rolling, could not get it moving, had a couple of Hail Mary plays that, that ended up working. Uh, Miro, he hits a great deep ball. I, you know, I will say that. But I tell you, man, that Texas defense made him look bad. But at the end of the day, as bad as that offense was, Alabama was still only down four points at one time. And then they came and took the lead. They took that lead at 16, I think 16 or 13 or, you know, yeah, 16, 13, I think. And I was like, I told you, this ain't over. This ain't over. And so when that happened, I said, what team is Texas going to be? Is Texas going to be a team that's going to fold like we had in the past? Or are we going to grow up and turn that corner and be the team that we know Texas can be with all this talent and come score another touchdown down their throat and make it happen? That's what Texas did. They came down. They scored that touchdown. Did their thing. Bama comes back down. They score again. Texas comes, scores again. Interception, scores again. Two touchdowns in like 14 seconds. I'm telling you, man, this is a different Texas team. You can tell that they are very confident in themselves. Uh, uh, and it comes down from, you know, from Coach Sarkeesian. Man, shout out to Coach Sarkeesian. 
building a great foundation here at, you know, at the University of Texas. Something that Texas severely needs is that foundation. I'm so happy for him, man. So happy for Coach Sark, but so happy for the players as well. Um, a lot of hate has been getting thrown. There was no chance that they could win this game. Yada, yada, Texas does their thing. But Quinn Ewers, man, give yourself a pat on the back. You have showed that you are no kidding that guy. When it comes to a five-star quarterback with all the credentials that he has as a prospect, you're still looking for that moment on when are we going to start winning because of Quinn and not just winning with him on the team. We won because of Quinn Ewers last night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Shout out to Quinn Ewers, man. Outstanding play. Three touchdown passes or three touchdown passes, but could have been more. X dropped the pass in the end zone. Brooks dropped the pass, two hands on it, and the Alabama fans were like, oh, I got tipped by Kool-Aid. No, it didn't. Brooks had two hands, just dropped the ball. That was going to be a touchdown too. We left points on the board out there, and we still won by double digits. Shout out to that Texas team. Great, great, great play. You limited penalties, which was outstanding. By the way, Bama's very, a very undisciplined team. I think they had another, what, 50 million penalties again. I don't know the exact number. I can find out for you in just a minute, though. But they had a bunch of penalties as well. Not your typical Bama team that is um, very disciplined. They had four on defense and five on, I think, a total of nine penalties for that for Alabama. But, folks, great, great team win. Let's get into the stats. I'm going to go into my website, and we're just going to look at this, man. All right, folks, and we're back. We are back. If you take a look at the analysis piece, man, let's go into the team stats. Let's go ahead and make this happen here. Let's go into the NCN offense. You guys know the Nino's corner number for offense uh, tracks the uh, effectiveness and efficiency of, a, of an offense. Let's look at the team grades here for Texas. Against Rice last week for the offense, 44.5 points, very average offense. Average offense is, is around 45 points. Um, very average offense last week. This week, 69.67 for the offense against the University of Alabama at Bryant Denny Stadium. The successful play rate, uh, 39% of our plays were successful in nature. Guys, when it comes to uh, the SPR, which is the successful play rate, it's getting half of the yardage needed on first down, 70% of the yardage needed on second down, and all of the yardage needed on third and or fourth down to be a successful play. Texas did that at, at a clip of around 39%. Now, we had a total of 462 yards of total offense, four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing. Jonathan Brooks had that one rushing. Quinn, of course, had the three passing touchdowns. Um, we had uh, two – we only allowed two tackles for loss. We had well, – yeah, we only allowed two tackles for loss, allowed zero sacks, and we only had one turnover, and it's a turnover on downs. Not an interception, not a fumble. We had a turnover on downs on fourth down. I count those fourth down turnovers as turnovers, and we only had two penalties. Outstanding game by the Texas – offense okay for the season uh texas had a 53.33 ncn offensive score for the season so far for this year uh, just a little bit less than the, you know than what we had last year but folks we got to understand it's only the second game it's going to get better the team's going to jail more offensive line is outstanding the calls were great um talking to hayden connor's dad he was basically saying look man these dudes were mad they were mad at their performance at Rice, and they're going to come out and do some great things against Alabama, and that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, so the SPR for the offense here for the season is around 
kind of want that number up. Like we say, around 45 to 50% will be outstanding. Here's the total yards, what have you. Eight yards, you know, eight TDs, only eight tackles for loss so far in the season, only two sacks given up, and only two turnovers, uh, one sack last week and one turnover for down this week and only seven penalties so far this year. So kudos to the Texas offense. Now, folks, let's go take a look at that Texas defense. Let's look at the NCN defense, folks. Here uh, for the second game is Alabama. Your average score for defense, you want in that 45 to 50-point range. Texas got almost 65-point score when it comes to an NCN defense. How effective were they? Uh, the SPR for the defense, around 61%. So six, six out of ten times on defense, they were successful, meaning they were stopping the opposing offense um, from getting those necessary uh, metrics that I just spouted out for you for the offense uh, to get that first down. The defense was, you know, they were successful six out of ten times, basically, folks. Um, they only allowed two TDs this game. They had four tackles for losses, five sacks. Now I count my tackles for losses and sacks in separate categories. Other sites like to count the sacks as part of the tackles for loss, and that's fine. But I like to keep them separate just so we can kind of see exactly what the you know what those true numbers are. Five sacks, four tackles for loss, no fumble recoveries, but we had two interceptions. Outstanding. Um, no fourth down stops, and we only had one defensive penalty. It was a defensive pass interference on Gavin Holmes, um, which he really didn't have to do it. The ball was underthrown. I'm sorry, the ball was a little overthrown. It wasn't even catchable. But that's the only penalty we had. Can't cry about it. I don't even think they scored in that drive. Um, so that's the NCN defensive numbers, folks. Let's take a look at the stats here. The person that balled out the most is probably JT Sanders and – I think Adonai Mitchell will probably our top two, but let's start with the tight ends and look at JT Sanders' numbers here, folks. If we take a look at the game against um, Alabama, NCN receiving a score of 67 points, folks. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'll tell you, folks, do you want it in that range of 45 to 50? He said 67. That's green, baby. Seven targets, five receptions, 114 yards, 22.8 yards per reception. Four first downs, five, four, four out of those five receptions for first downs at an 80% first down per reception clip. No touchdowns, but he had two explosive plays. Explosive plays, folks, uh, for the you know for offense are catches that are 20 yards or more and runs that are 15 yards or more. And he had two catches that were 20 yards or more. Shout out to JT Sanders. So his explosive play per reception rate, 40%. Uh, and his successful plays. Every catch he had, every catch, all five of those catches were successful plays in nature. And you guys already know the metric for, you know, for the SPs, successful plays. So 100% rate of his successful play per reception rate. He had 72 yards of yaks, so yards after the catch, folks, at a rate of 14.4 yak per reception. JT Sanders is balling out, truly showing why. He is preseason second-team All-American. And if he continues to have numbers like this, JT Sanders might be on that list to be a preseason or first-team All-American. He's doing some great things here in the first two games. Already had 150 yards, and if he keeps this pace, folks, uh, 150, 300 times four is what? That's 1,200 yards. I don't think he'll get that. Of course not. But um, we shall see. We shall see. 
I won't be four. It'd be about six to seven hundred yards is is kind of what he's averaging right now if he finishes the season, which is very attainable. I you know I see him in that six to about seven hundred yards, six to seven fifty yard range. He's gonna pop off for another big game here, like a really big game. He's that talented. He's a guy that's probably not gonna be here, you know, after this year. Uh, just for the simple fact that he's one of the best pass catching tight ends here in the country and his blocking has come a long way also. So you got to love JT Sanders, man. You got to love who he is coming from basically a wide receiver that just split out wide, man, and did his thing and moss people and playing defensive end. And now he is one of the most complete tight ends here in the country. Next uh, person that we want to talk about. Well, first up, let's go to let's go to the uh, running back section. We'll get to the wide receivers last. C.J. Baxter. Now, folks, it, Baxter, his game, uh, not the best on the NCN rushing, right? 11 attempts, 33 yards, 29.9 yards. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 29.9 points for his Nino's corner number rushing. Yes. When you look at it, didn't have all the numbers, didn't have the pop. Two first downs out of those 11 attempts. You know, you know, for 18%. But this is – Bama's defensive line is no slouch, folks. 360-pound guys across the board. 320-pound um, guy and, you know, like Jaheim Otis, who was 400 and – what was he, 440 pounds or something coming into college. He's now down to about 310, 320. He's playing end at uh, Bama. Um, you also got a 360-pound stud there in the middle, man. Look here, folks. You're not going to run like crazy against Alabama. It's, it's just not going to happen. But what, one thing I did like about C.J. Baxter was he caught the ball well, and uh, he really passed, protected, outstanding for a true freshman. He just had a, a great knack for the game. Um, so, look, I look for great things out of him. I do. A bigger back who can pass, block as well. And I'm telling you, we all know C.J. Baxter is going to do some great things here in his future. But one thing that really got me – his receiving. So, yes, yeah, so he, he had 11 attempts for 31 yards. His NCM receiving number, though, is 33 points. Uh, let's see. How many how many catches did he have? He was four for four. So, four targets, four receptions, folks, for 21 yards. And out of those four catches, he had one first down. And his his successful plays, one, one successful play for a catch. But he ran physical, man. That's one thing that you can't knock. I love C.J. Baxter's game. Uh, not the best stat game for him, folks. However, great blocking out of the backfield, great feel for the game. Him and Jonathan Brooks had an outstanding one-two punch for this game. Now, you know, so talking about Jonathan Brooks, let's go ahead and take a look at his stats here. Brooks had a hell of a game, folks. His NCN number here for this game against Alabama was 54.71 points rushing. Receiving was was minus 43 because he had a drop. He had a drop, and, and, and that drop was um, pretty crucial. That was a touchdown drop, folks. However, that number is going to regress back to the mean here as the season goes on. Uh, but his 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 rushing ability, he ran hard between the tackles, 15 attempts for 57 yards at a clip of about 3.8 yards a catch. I mean, I'm sorry, an attempt. Four out of his 15 attempts were first down, so a first down per attempt rate of about 27%. He had a touchdown, which is an outstanding touchdown that he had, I think, after the interception. He handed the ball off and he went straight up for the end zone. Out of his 15 rushes, seven were successful in nature for 47% successful play per attempt rate. No fumbles. One out of two um, attempts for, for catching the ball for four yards, but he had a drop 
That's what took that number down. I'm telling you, he catches that ball. Jonathan Brooks is having a touchdown here, and we blow this game wide open. But we didn't need it. We still won the game. Brooks is a great player, man. Him and CJ Baxter are now standing one-two punch. Now, folks, let's look at the wide receivers, okay? So the wide receivers, we're going to look at Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. So let's look at X-Men first. X-Men had a drop, too, that his first pass that he had, it, it, you know, like that was going to be a touchdown. Texas uh, ended up getting a um, a uh, field goal out of the deal. But, I mean, it was a perfectly thrown pass by Quinn. It, you know, X dropped it is what it is, but he redeemed himself in that next drive and got a touchdown. Um, his numbers here for this game, he had a 29.37 NCN receiving because he had 10 targets and five receptions. You kind of want that up a little bit more. You know, 10 targets, you want around those seven receptions range. 75 yards, folks. Um, three first downs out of those five catches. One touchdown, a beautiful throw and a catch. Quinn threw the ball over X's left shoulder. X adjusted perfectly to the ball. Outstanding adjustment, man. That's one thing that I know as Texas fans were – we're pretty much harping on a lot last year was X's ability to track the ball. I'm telling you, he tracked it outstanding. Hard catch form in the end zone, touchdown, set the tone. Set the tone for the game that we were going to go deep and it's nothing that Alabama could do about it. And we went deep all night and had a successful day doing it. So X had one explosive play, which is that touchdown catch. Um, and he had three successful plays out of those, uh, out of those uh, the uh, five catches you know, at a 60% rate for his successful play per reception. He did have a drop, you know, understood. He had 36 yards of yak, folks. Uh, no DPI, which is defensive pass interference yards, you know, but A.D. Mitchell had two of those, but none for X-Men in this game, but he did have one drop, so his drop per reception was 20%. So we got to get that number up. No drops. Um, I think we blow the game open, too, if X catches that ball. I mean, look, we – we left two touchdowns on the field, folks, and we still won by a nice, hefty margin. So this team is making strides, folks. Team is making strides. Last person for the offensive side of the ball I want to talk about um, is going to be Adonai Mitchell. And I need to change that. He likes to be called Adonai, not AD. So I need to change that on the site here. You know, but Adonai Mitchell, folks, big 6'4", 196-pound wide receiver. The, the uh, transfer from Georgia who only likes catching big-time balls against Alabama. This guy's outstanding. When it comes to catching the ball, especially the deep balls, his NCM receiving number, folks, for this game was 100.99. You're talking about 50s around your average. You know, anywhere in that 45 to 50 range is is averaging good for a wide receiver. That's what you want. 100.99. So let's just say 101 points here for him in this game. Outstanding. Three out of five. Um, you know, catches and targets at, at you know at a 60% clip. 78 yards. So 26 yards per reception. Every catch that he had was a first down um, for 100% first down per reception rate. Uh, he had two touchdowns, so a 67% touchdown per reception rate, two explosive plays. Those those two deep balls, folks, were outstanding. Um, and also, uh, let's see, every catch that he had, every yeah, yeah, all three of those catches were successful plays in nature. Five yards for yak. He didn't have a lot of yak because they were bombs for touchdowns. <laughs> and one in that sideline where Texas was backed up. Yeah, yeah. so Texas was backed up around, I think, the five-yard line. Quinn throws it on a first down and, bam, hits him for like 32 yards. He just supposed to play on the uh, left hash. Outstanding play there for him to make that catch. Perfectly thrown ball from Quinn as well. And then the touchdown, the other bomb that he had for a touchdown. 
and another bomb he had for a touchdown. I'm telling you, A.D. Mitchell is godsend for this team. It's exactly what this team needed. He's stepping in and doing his role that we really wanted and expected out of Nayer last year, proud of him getting hurt. And I'll tell you what, when Nayer comes back healthy, it's going to be even more lethal here. But the DPI, the defensive pass interference yards, A.D. Mitchell got held twice. And I tell you, one of those, he was going to get the ball and probably get another touchdown. The other one, I mean, he was just getting hugged. I forgot the guy's name, but it was like he like he, he was his dancing part. And he was hugging him so much. But, yeah, you know, so 30 yards to DPI, him, you know, for him and no drops. Look, Adonai Mitchell is that guy. Him, him working the boundary, X working the field side, and Jordan Whittington, folks, working just the middle of the field is outstanding. Since we talked about Jordan Whittington, let's go ahead and let's talk about Jay Witt, number 13. Jordan Whittington, man, for this game. Um, he had a, a NCN number of 22.32, uh, three receptions on five catches, folks, 44 yards. Um, two out of those three catches were for, were for first downs. One out of those uh, three catches were for an explosive play, so a 33% clip. And two out of those three catches were successful plays. Was holding Jordan back. It's that one drop in the end, man. It, Jordan catches that ball. I think his number jumps up to about a 50. But I tell you what, he had uh, one of the – that last catch he had, it was a thing of beauty. Catches the ball, um, kind of cuts it back up to the inside. I mean, it, it was just a wonderful play, and it shows just the grit of Jordan Whittington, man. Jordan Whittington is one of those wide receivers. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he is a running back, right? Uh, very fast, very quick guy as well, too. But he's a bruiser once he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, but that one drop he had, that was a crucial third down. Quinn had a, you know, he had a, he had some pressure coming on the sides. He steps into the pocket, climbs the ladder, basically sends that ball over to Jordan. Jordan jumps and it goes right through his hands. But look, another teachable moment here for the team, man. We won the game. So Jay Witt's that guy, folks. You got to love Jay Witt. You got to love just what he's done for this team, him being a Longhorn, and um, just, just, just his overall, uh, you know, uh, want to win, right? I mean, he's he's that guy. I love Jay Witt. Love him to death. Hell of a player. All right, folks, let's look at the quarterback, man. Let's look at Quinn Ewers, man. Quintavious, man. <laughs> Quintavious Ewers. Oh, man. Against Alabama, 24 out of 38 for 349 yards, folks. 14.54 yards per attempt. Three passing TDs. Um, his his TD per completion at a point one two five rate. Um, no interceptions. He hasn't thrown one pick yet this year. Knock on wood, because Wyoming don't do it. Um, six explosive plays, folks. He hit the deep ball. He hit the deep ball numerous times. Um, hit it three times basically with with uh, AD Mitchell. One time with X. Um, yeah, he did it. He did it. But six explosive plays out of those um, out of those completions. So um, a a twenty five percent XP rate per per completion, um, and fifteen out of his twenty four passes were successful plays. So a sixty two point five percent successful play per completion rate, and a, almost a forty percent successful play per attempt rate. He tore up the Alabama defense, folks. He just did. He looked very comfortable, and he looked very comfortable for the simple fact that that offensive line protected him. Um, Shout out to Cole Hudson. Shout out to uh, DJ Campbell. Those guys subbing in and out at right guard uh, were pancaking people all night. 
I saw uh, Campbell push two people in the end zone on their Jonathan Brooks run for a touchdown. I saw Cole Hudson pancake a guy. It was crucial. Um, I saw Christian Jones just do people dirty. I saw Kelvin Banks Jr. just do people nasty. I saw Hayden Connor doing people nasty and pulling. Hayden Connor was pulling and 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 blocking while he was pulling. It was a thing of beauty, man. This offensive line did an outstanding job freeing up, you know, Quinn to do his thing and to put up these numbers. So, you know, so, you know, so kudos to the offensive line. They played nasty and physical, and they brought that toughness to what Texas wants to do for this offense. And shout out to the OG Cal Flood, man. Cal Flood just just did his thing. Just did his thing, we, you know, coaching that offensive line. But that's it, folks, for the offensive side of the ball. A couple other things I want to talk about is the team um, rate for their successful play rate, the SPR. So if I take a look at that, folks, the SPR for this game, uh, 13 successful plays rushing uh, out of 34 total rushing plays and clip of about 38% when it comes to successful plays per rush. Uh, the passing rate, 30, so 15 passing plays that were successful out of 38. So at a 39.5%, so 40% SP rate for passing. Total for this game was about 39%. You want that a little bit higher, but folks, this is going into um, enemy territory against Alabama and doing your thing. You can't ask for any more. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, folks, is the explosive play rate. This is something I'm very proud of for this team this game. We're going to compare this to what they did today and, well, last night and what they did last week against Rice. So we had no explosive plays rushing on 34 uh, rushing attempts. Okay? Get it. But we had six of them in passing out of 38 passing attempts. Explosive play rate was 15% for the pass. Um, which is what which is what we want. Sixteen percent. We want fifteen or better, folks. That's creeping back into the 2021 number that Casey Thompson had. Sixteen point six seven percent explosive play rate passing. We had sixteen percent for this game. Outstanding. That's exactly what we want. The XPR total was right around eight percent. We still want that clearly above ten percent. But we understood Alabama's strength was their defensive line, and it was going to be hard to run against Alabama. So. It is what it is. Now, explosive play yards rushing zero out of 113 yards rushing, but explosive play yards passing. 230 explosive play yards passing. So that means plays that were 20 yards or more. We had 230 of those uh, yards were the explosive play yards out of a total of 349 yards, meaning that the yards per explosive play were 38.3 yards per explosive play, and our explosive play rate uh, for passing yards is 650, I'm sorry, 65.9%. So 60, 66% of our passing yards came from explosive plays. Outstanding, truly outstanding for Texas. We didn't have any rushing yards explosive, so we had an, an explosive play rate total for the yardage at, um, scroll over, around 49.8%. So, so about 50% of our total yards for the game came from explosive plays. Outstanding. So, folks, that is the stats. Let me know what you think about those stats. Let me know what you think about this game, man. Uh, tell me how you feel in those comments about this game. Offensive line did their thing. They neutralized Dallas Turner in those ends. No sacks given up. And Quinn had all day to pass the ball. I think Texas is, has finally got the offensive line situated. Uh, and next year they will be ready for, you know, for SEC play. 
defensive line is is truly amazing. Uh, headed up by Sweat and Byron Murphy, um, Vernon Brighton, Alfred Collins, Ethan Burke, and the X Man. You know that that Edge Zero. I guess you want to say the new Agent Zero, Anthony Hill. Uh, man, he played all over the place, linebacker, edge, a little bit of everything. He was very Micah Parson-ish <laughs> for the University of Texas. Man, but look, folks, I'm in this video, like in all of them. Do you? Don't be afraid to fail out, grow your environment, understand your brilliance. And always, folks, horns always up. You know, it's corner. I'm out. Hook them. Great win by them Longhorns.